0: Hello, this is Rod Zeeb again, and today's podcast is actually a recording of an interview that Lori Cunin and I did about the uh, uh, what's called an enrolling conversation, about enrolling new clients, which is just a specialized use of what we call the alignment conversation. Now, Lori is the chief learning officer for the Heritage Institute, and the two of us did this interview uh, to explain how you use an alignment conversation when you're enrolling a new client. So let's listen to the interview. And then... We'll give you some more information at the end after that.
1: Rod, in training, you've mentioned that you've worked with couples and individuals, many different state sizes. And one of the questions we get in training from our attendees is, um, how is the initial conversation or the enrolling conversation different with different estate sizes?
0: <laughs> well, it actually isn't. I didn't believe that, but um, it turns out it isn't. Uh, so when I first started, I was working with um, taxable estates, which at that time was six hundred thousand, which tells you how old I am. Huh. Uh, but oh, sorry, yeah. <laughs> we don't need to go there. <laughs> okay. Uh, but, uh, so and and I did the traditional, you know, I'm the estate planning attorney, right? So I did the traditional. This is who I am. This is what I do. This is what I need to know. And and I'd ask questions about philanthropy and legacy and, and things like that. Um, but it was way more about me than them. Okay. And uh, but and I did get enough information that in the trust documents technically they were great and even beyond that with some of the legacy stuff it was good Mm -hmm. but uh, what I found later you know I I thought they were wonderful at the time but what I found later was we knew some of the what you know that they really wanted but not to the depth of having the heart you know that that went with it so there was that and you know which didn't really make all that much difference at that point in time Mm -hmm. as I started working with larger estates um, those folks are targets and they know it mm-hmm. and and so their defenses are way up and you know they, they often feel like they're a commodity I mean you know people are there to sell them something and then mm-hmm. disappear sure. and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. so I found with them that um, the best thing I could do was to get away from me and get them talking about them okay. as quickly as I could okay so we started with that what's what's now known as the alignment conversation came from all of this <clears throat> and really started focusing on what do you want but you can't really just ask that question because the first thing they say is what do you do i mean a lot of times that's how it starts and so um i had i learned to deflect that by saying well yeah, i can do a lot of things but the real question is what do i do for you and i don't know how to answer the what i do for you until i know more about what it is that you want so do you mind if i ask some questions until we can clarify what it is that you're really looking for and then i can explain what i do for you okay and that Worked really well. Well, the more then as I started working with all sizes of states, I realized that that model works just as well, if not better, with the smallest states as it does with the larger states. So it's okay. you know focusing in on where they really want to be, and then building from there works great.
1: Okay, so starting from a different place.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's uh, you know it goes back to. Doug Carter in his book, um, Clients Forever, where he talks about transformation doesn't come from doing things bigger, better, faster, or more of it. It comes from starting from a different place. And that's really, it is different for the clients when the professionals don't start with them.
1: So how do you start the conversation?
0: Um, well, for me, that's part of it. it, is just, you know, I, you know, I can do a better job if, if I know what it is that you're looking for sure <clears throat> but you know really framing is, is a real important thing here because that isn't a question that they're used to hearing you know especially when I'm doing a state planner now heritage work the big question that I'm asking in various different ways is what do you want for you and your family a hundred years from now mm. and that's you know that's not the norm okay mm. <clears throat> so the way I frame the conversation is essentially, you know, the purpose of our meeting today, the purpose of us, us talking is f- I'm, I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions, open ended questions, so that I can learn more about you, help you ar- identify and articulate what your desired outcomes really are. And then from there, for each of us to determine whether working together will be best to get you there. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the frame I have. Okay. Um, and, you know, for me, it's easier than it is for a lot of people because. You know, now most of my clients are nine and ten digit estates and I don't you don't cold call them. You know, so right. yeah. I've been introduced or whatever and when I'm sitting there they know who I am and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. And so my my initial question now a lot of times is, so what do you think I do? Which is kind of a weird question, but you know, I'll just say, you know, so and so introduced you to me, they must have said something about me. What did you think I do? And I get this kind of <laughs> usually, you know
1: Showstopper, hello. <laughs> what?
0: <laughs> what? And, and so well he said da. And I don't really care what the da, da 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 is, even if it's dead wrong, because my next question is, what about that intrigued you enough to want to have this meeting? Mm-hmm. And when they answer that question, they've now given me one of their desired outcomes. Okay. So I'm into the conversation because now they've said, now I can go the rest. Just keep going with that flow. Okay. So.
1: So it reminds me of a story um, from one of our trainees who had gone through our training, loved the conversation, and wanted to get the ball rolling with them. okay, And um, he started his next uh, meeting with a client, Um, you know, what do you want for your family now and in the future? And he said, they looked at me like I had a third eye. Uh, And I think it was more of, you know, they didn't know where he was coming from, he hadn't framed it up so right. framing is so important.
0: framing is very important and, and with him he would actually you know he was he sells life insurance and <clears throat> that's what he was brought in for sure and you know that in the back and he realized later in the back of their mind they're thinking okay if I answer that question is it going to sell you're going to me more life insurance right there's a, <laughs> a reason for your question and then he did actually frame it uh, much what I just said you know he framed it in a, uh, a format of you know I'm here to do this but I found I can do a much better job if I know more about you so do you mind if I ask you some questions to learn more about you before you know and then they're fine Yeah. so it is doesn't take a lot but it takes some
1: (laughs) so when you get the desired outcomes Mm -hmm. so you've asked them that first question and they gave you desired outcomes is now when you start telling them about what you do
0: no Um, and you you know you get their top two three four whatever it is desired outcomes but at that point um, all you know is what they want a little bit mm-hmm. uh, and you know there's a couple of things that come into this the first the first is one of my mantras is what they say is fact what we say is opinion
1: mm-hmm.
0: okay so if we start talking now and telling them what they need and all that kind of that's an opinion mm-hmm. if we can ask them questions and have them tell us more those are facts and once they say it and it's a fact they'll do something about it okay. so I start with okay so okay there's your desired outcome that's that's what you want cool where do you think you are today and the reason you notice I phrase that where do you think you are today because uh, I don't have any scientific statistics but <laughs> my my history is with, with clients most of them don't know I mean they, they tell you what they think they are and they're not there uh, but wherever they think they are is where you have to start this is one of those where perception is reality yeah. and they, if you don't start there they they feel a gap so I let them tell me you know where they think they are mm-hmm. okay and again even if they're dead wrong, this is not the time to fix it. Mm-hmm. Just let them talk and, and tell them what it is.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But now if you know where they want to go and where they think they are, the natural next question is, you know, where's the gap? What's the gap? Mm-hmm. And you know, we as advisors, we're designed to advise, right? So we're you know ready to jump in and tell them, well, your app is this and this is what you need to do. Don't do it. I mean, again. If we tell them what the gap is, it's an opinion. If okay. we ask them, so what do you think the gap is? What do, you, what do you think we need to do to get there? Everything they tell us is a fact. And those are things that they will be willing to look at doing. They may not know all the gaps. Okay. So, mm-hmm. you know, you, you probably at the end will have to fill in, well, you might also have to think about this, this, and this. But we want to get as many of the gaps identified by them rather than us because now it's a fact.
1: Okay. So, you have their desired outcomes, right. you have where they think they are, <clears throat> and they've identified their gaps. Now, we get to tell them what o- to do?
0: Only if you want to have a really low rate of success. Um, okay. So, so, the one thing we're missing now still is probably the most important thing to get a good engagement. Okay. That is, when we know where they want to go, and they know what the gap is, but we don't know if they care. We don't know what the value is to them to fill that gap. Okay. Sometimes people will say... You know this is really important. This is my gap. But when you get, is it really important enough to do something about? It, the answer is no. Uh, we had one years ago. I had uh, one of our members was talking to this this client, and they had this big ranch, and they had all the stuff they wanted to do. And when they started talking about doing more work, the mom just said no. And she had identified. You know this is you know this is important. And so when he asked, you know, kind of the what, you know, where the disconnect was and she said I have spent all my life <clears throat> wanting to travel now I can finally do that I want to go travel yeah. then we can work on the kids right. you know and, and so, so it was a not now and not now it wasn't a right. no it right. was a you know but you know and yeah. so you need to know value and value comes in two forms one of them is priority which is what her deal was okay, okay so it just wasn't a big enough priority for her now okay. the other is value I mean what's it worth to you money-wise I mean in terms of dollars and cents and that's a, a really difficult thing. I mean, if you ask a client, what's the value to you of getting these desired outcomes? All my years, all my clients, I've never had one say, well, it was $26,432.87. Know,
1: really? Yeah. I
0: mean, <laughs> amazingly enough, they don't wow. come up with a number. Okay. Um, but you really need to have a number to have something to measure against because okay. once they've identified a value to them in, in dollar terms okay. that now sets parameters for when they do when you ultimately do say this is what we're going to do normally that's going to take some time and some money <clears throat> and if they've identified the priority then that's a time issue and if they've d- identified what it's worth in some sort of a value through an analogy that's the money part
1: so it's a hundred percent closing rate
0: then? No but it gets higher. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay, alright, alright, we've moved up We've right. moved up, we, we've All moved right.
0: up the list um, and you have to do that with analogies Okay. so for example not too long ago, I was working with a business owner and um, I asked him I said so what do you pay your lowest paid full-time employee and he gave me a number and I said okay so if we can get these desired outcomes for you and your you and your family is that worth as much to you at least as much to you as you pay your lowest paid employee and the answer was yes okay so now we have a baseline we have a number
1: and it was because he saw the value of what she provided equal to the value of what well, he,
0: he saw the value of what he was going to get here to be equal to or greater than the value of what she provided yeah okay so we now we have that yeah you know, and one guy I loved one guy he was a grandfather he goes you know Hell, I spent a hundred thousand dollars on rehab you know so it's worth at least that you know <laughs> I go good news for you it's not gonna be a hundred thousand but you know yeah it does you have to get that when you have that and they've identified it mm-hmm. again that's fact Okay. Um, And so now you're ready to start talking about what are we going to do and what's it going to take in both time and money to get there. If you go before that, they haven't internalized to them what the value is to them. Really, it's like, you know, they're willing to take the time and the money that they would go to Vegas and put on the crap table. I mean, you know, that's because that's they they haven't equated it to to really understand what it means to them uh, to make this happen. Okay. so if, if you understand the levels of understanding it's that third level of understanding you know what's the value to me and what's you know to, to make this happen
1: so when you were talking about priorities mm-hmm. um, you know oh, we have lots of stuff going on <laughs> you know there's like life um, so how do you determine if it's a priority for them and how do you help them to identify like yeah it's a huge priority but like I don't have time right now
0: well, I don't have time as a trigger for me because I don't have time is a lie. Okay, okay. it's never it, that's never the issue. Okay, because uh, everybody's got the same amount of time. What I don't have time really means is it's not a high enough priority. Okay. I mean, you know, I have time to do it. I just there's I only have time to do 12 things. This is 14. You know? okay. <laughs> so, okay. Okay. Yep. So really, it's an issue of priority. And you know you're right. I mean most people have their plates full. and and, and the answer is not as one of our our friends said you know well you just need a bigger plate well (laughs) that didn't work very well and so you know uh, you know but you you have to get to that and a lot of times their priority list has been set by what they've been doing right and they really haven't analyzed it so there is an exercise that we help people through to see whether it really is or isn't the priority you know in that top priority list for them now for them now okay for them now but you know, so for example, going back to the the ranch lady, you know, yep. she wanted to go travel. Yep. When she got back, she was cool with this. Okay. But you know, not now. Okay. Same thing with the priority, the the exercise. It's really designed to you know, what's your biggest priority now? Mm-hmm. So if the answer may be, yeah, we want to do this, but it's going to be later. Yeah. Or after they start doing it, it's going. No, this is a higher priority than something that's been on the list for a long time. Okay.
1: So here's one of the interesting questions. Okay. So you have their desired outcomes. Mm-hmm. You've determined that two of those desired outcomes are in their top priority. Okay. What if neither of them are something that you do?
0: Then you help them go find something for that. You, know, you help them get that. Uh- <clears throat> Which seems kind of counterintuitive because you're there to get work. And now you're just going to take more time. But um, you do that for a couple of reasons. Number one, uh, it's an investment uh, in you. I mean, it's an investment in how you're perceived your... You know, it, it distinguishes you from pretty much anybody else they've ever gone to that's in a professional realm. Okay, and
1: you're starting from a different place. You are starting from a different <laughs> oh, place. Right. See Got, how it. Got it.
0: And um, so what happens is, when they say, you know, these are these are desired outcomes, and I don't do that, uh, what I'll say is, okay, that's great. I don't do that, but let me help you find somebody that can do that. Okay. A couple of things happen. Number one. I'm probably the first professional that's done that okay most of them will say you know and that and, and I'm now I'm actually gonna help them get it I'm not gonna say I'll give you some names mm-hmm. you know I'm actually gonna spend some time and work with them to act to make sure it gets done okay not just you know let me give you I, I know somebody that does that I'll give you the phone number mm-hmm. or I'll send you an email or something like that and, okay. connect them. Um, and which is what most professionals will do if they know somebody they'll tell them and then they're on to the next person right, right. By actually helping them get there, Uh, what I've done is I've shown them that I'm serious about helping them get whatever their desired outcomes are. Mm -hmm. And that's my top priority. Mm -hmm. And so, what will happen is, as they get whatever their top priorities are, this one may come to the top of the list. So, it may not have been a no, it may just, you know, been a not now, and so that's just cemented the not now. Uh, On the other hand, it may be something they're never going to do. And even then, they probably have friends. Mm. And particularly when you work with the uh, highly affluent crowd, they trust each other way more than they trust any of us professionals.
1: So good introductions.
0: Great is introductions, because okay. you know, because okay. you get them talking. You know, at the cocktail party, and they go, "Look, I talked to Rod, and he, you know, I, I told him what my, you know, what I really wanted, and not something he does. He helped me find it, even though he's not getting paid for it. Mm-hmm. And you know, it just." It, it is. It's a, It's an investment uh, for me anyway.
1: Okay, so we've talked about identifying desired outcomes, where they think they're at now, the gaps, mm-hmm. the value and priority of filling those gaps, helping them even if it is something that you're not right. doing. Um, so really that value and priority as you stated is kind of a really important part, the value, or the level three kind of mm-hmm. understanding, and it's really helping them to kind of unleash the motivation. You don't have to sell yourself or the services that you do because you're really helping them to just unleash the motivation.
0: And particularly, again, as you get higher up on the, on the net worth scale, you're not gonna sell them anything. I mean, everybody's trying to sell them something. Right. And so really, at that point, um, you are just unleashing the motivation that exists in them you're providing solutions for at the, the desired outcome that they have stated they want to get. Okay. Um, if you try and sell this, if, you know, or any, I think, at that, at that level, any professional services, because they can find people that do it. Uh, they're looking for somebody that, that can do it right and that they can trust. And when you have identified that you'll help them no matter what, mm-hmm. then that puts you on that list.
1: So now,
0: now we can tell them what we do. <laughs> now we can tell them what we do. You know, uh, but let me take a step back, particularly with nonprofits. Okay?
1: okay,
0: helping them find what it is that they want is totally counterintuitive. If you're helping them find another nonprofit, you know, some some other um, deal, mm-hmm. but it is a huge benefit long term. Okay. So you know, I did want to make sure because it's not just. The normal the for-profit professionals that, that we work with it's nonprofits too and that that's a huge thing for them but yes now you get to kind of flip the switch up until now all you've done is ask questions you let them talk, tell tell you everything tell you everything tell you everything now you get to answer the question what do you do but now it's framed into what do I do for you yeah. and it's very specific
1: We have their desired outcomes where they think they're at the gaps and then the value and priority of filling the gaps we get to tell them what
0: we can <laughs> right. do for them right right so now you switch from being the facilitators asking a question to take control okay. and telling them what's gonna happen okay. and and that's kind of um, I, I found as I'm working with professionals they are really comfortable doing that with smaller states you get to larger states and they get really freaked out because okay. these are powerful people that you know, Built businesses and stuff. <clears throat> and my experience has been they are craving for someone that will step up and lead them in this situation because they know this is something they can't do.
1: Okay. Okay, so
0: they're looking for experts and they're looking for somebody that has the confidence to say, okay, that's what you want, this is what we're going to do. Okay. And you do take control. Okay. And But when you do that, <clears throat> remember you've got to go back to what they say is fact. So we're going to go back to what they say. Okay. Using their words, not summarized or paraphrased or anything else because people's words have meaning to them yes. and specific words may have specific meanings that we don't get so if we want to use their words okay and and what what studies have shown I mean when we did the study on what clients really want what we found is number one they want to be heard and by that they meant heard globally not just for the specific things that you need for whatever you're doing but they want to be heard who they really are and what they're all about Okay. To give the big broad context. Mm -hmm. Number two, they don't just want to be heard, they want to be heard and understood. So they want to know that you heard the words, but you also understood what it meant and what, you know, you've really connected the dots.
1: How it relates to everything. To everything, yeah. Yeah, okay.
0: And then number three, they want to understand how what you're doing gets them what it is that they said they want. They want to connect those dots. So, when we shift to the now it's time to tell them what we're gonna do mm-hmm. I actually connect the dots that <laughs> that's simply okay. I, I go you know you said this is your desired outcome using their words and you know, this is the gap we need to fill and if you filled that gap it would be worth this to you okay. in order to do that we're gonna do this we're gonna do X and I explain what that is using uh, plain language okay this is not you know we're not gonna we're gonna do CRT's or we're gonna do whatever we're not going to use abbreviations or initials or anything else we're going to use plain English definitions okay to show them that it's going to get to the plain English desired outcome that they said they shared okay then you can put in the ter- the the labels okay um, so for example this is when people how do you do that um, <clears throat> I had a client um, I, I think it was 80 Eighty years old Uh, he was selling his business for seven or eight million dollars he had a basis in his business of about 49 dollars and 27 cents (laughs) because he started from scratch you know four years ago Mm -hmm. Um, he calls me up and he said okay I'm gonna sell my business he and the the buyer had had these conversations gonna sell the business it's an installment sale um, and it's you know the the eight million dollars and we want you to draft the documents well you know I had known this guy for a long time okay and he had already told me that there's he's had some desired outcomes. One was he was 78 or 80 years old, whatever it was. He's 80 years old. He's not going to live very much longer because he's already sick. And he wants income for the rest of his life, so he doesn't worry about anything. Okay. So Income was number one. Number two, he hates the government. Doesn't want to pay taxes.
1: Know what
0: <clears> that means? Yep. <Yeah. laughs> he's not alone <laughs> okay. on that one. <laughs> no taxes. Don't want to pay taxes. And number three, when he dies, he wants all of this money to go to his charity. Okay. This thing is screaming charitable remainder trust. Yeah, highly appreciated property wants it to go to charity. He's you know everything was screaming about that. He didn't know what a charitable remainder trust was because his other advisors had never explained it to him, so he didn't even know what it was. Um, so when I got to that point, mm-hmm. I didn't say, oh well, we need a charitable remainder trust. Mm-hmm. What I said was, okay, you're you're telling me that you know you want to sell it, you want to have income for the rest of your life, you don't want to pay any taxes, and you want the money to go to the charity when you're dying. To do that, we're going to create a trust, and this trust is going to go to charity when you die. So we're going to put your business in the trust. We're then going to sell it, but because the the money is going to go to charity when you die, that's considered a charitable sale, so you're not going to have to pay any income tax on it now, the capital gains tax on it now. So you get to invest all of that money, and you're going to get income off that money. We'll set a rate for that, but income off that money for the rest of your life, and then when you die, it all goes to charity. That's called a charitable remainder trust. You know, and that's, you know, if I were to start with charitable minor trust, it would go.
1: And he probably would have like blocked off everything you said because right. he's trying to figure out in his what's head that? what's that? Right, how yeah. does that relate? Right. Versus allowing you to share how it met its desired outcomes and then share. The and then, you know, then the head. name didn't mean anything to him. Right. He right. could
0: care less what they call it, you right. know. But that, but now he knew that I had heard him, yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. and I understood what he wanted, and that, and he had totally understood how doing it this way is going to get him those three things that he said he wanted,
1: mm-hmm. and we're ready to go. So that kind of makes me think of a study, and I don't remember where it was from, but like over 50% of estate plans aren't signed oh. or funded yeah. or whatever. Um,
0: yeah, that's it's, it's actually more than 50%. It's okay. a study that the American Bar Association estate planning uh, section did years ago. And I don't remember what the number was either, but I think it was over sixty percent. But okay. they found this huge number of estate plans mm-hmm. that either weren't executed or weren't um, implemented. Okay. And so they interviewed the clients mm-hmm. to find out what was going on. Right? right. And what the clients basically said was, "Well, I understood how my estate plan was my attorney's estate plan, but I didn't really understand how it was my estate plan, you know, and I didn't understand it. And and so they didn't really understand how." You know all these clauses in the trust or whatever it was got them what they wanted, okay. and that goes back to they didn't know if they were heard or not. They didn't know if they were understood or not, and they certainly didn't understand how what you were doing was getting in their their desired result. So they just didn't do it.
1: So connecting the dots is important.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I I know one of the guys I worked with. He worked with this large uh, this large estate, and the the client showed him three notebooks. <laughs> they were this tall of estate planning documents because. He got asked, you know, have you done your estate plan? He goes, there it is. Not signed. Okay. <laughs> and the advisor said, why isn't it signed? He goes, because I don't understand it. I don't know if it works or not. I paid $80,000, but there it is. And it's not signed. Okay. So All connecting right. those dots is important.
1: All right. So once you connect the dots by telling them you have a solution for them right and it meets their desired outcomes, mm-hmm. they make a decision right there. Some okay
0: <laughs> not everybody Not everybody. Okay. Some, but some people can some people can make a decision right there they usually can make a decision right there if it's not gonna go they can usually okay. say no at that point okay and they can usually say I think I want to go I mean I, this seems like it fits mm-hmm. but sometimes they have somebody else they need to talk to or sometimes they're just reflective learners and they need a day or two to you know as people say simmer and soak to kind of really feel it a little bit more okay so they can't make a decision right then Okay. Uh, but you you know pretty well if they're in or they're out okay right then. and this does not take a long time I mean I, we've taken a lot more time you know uh, normally my um, alignment conversations are 15 to 30 minutes okay. and maybe they get longer with there's a lot of discussion about different things but these are not long things because uh, it's not brain surgery okay. uh, but you know then is when you can identify other people that they may want to talk to okay and it's interesting. Uh, some of the people that, that I've had clients want to talk to know nothing about whatever it is that we're doing. I mean, like I had one guy that was selling a business for seventy million dollars, and the first person he wanted to talk to was his pastor before he would make the sale. Pastor knew nothing about the business he certainly knew nothing about selling a business. Right. But it was somebody he trusted to hear him out and do and kind of give him that unbiased third party, you know. So he wanted to, you know, and, and that's Legitimate. I mean you know, that's that's who he is and that's what he's doing. if that happens though you want to be part of that conversation you don't want your client trying to explain to a third party what you're going to do it's the telephone game remember the telephone wow. game you whisper in your ear by the time it gets over here it's right. you know that's what happens particularly if they that's ask a question
1: right so Which, To get clarity to
0: get clarity and the yeah. client is not not sure not so sure. Th- what I will just I'll, I'll tell them that's great but they're likely to ask a question you're not gonna know the answer to so let's set up a conference call you know you can explain it all I'll answer any questions that they have and then I'll get off the phone mm-hmm. if you want to have more conversation right. but to answer the questions that they may have yeah. that's probably better coming from me than you guessing okay and and I don't think I've ever had anybody object to that now they often it's like they want this part of it and then once the people understand what we're doing then they'll have their own conversation that's yeah sure. you know, you know okay. but you want to be part of that conversation to explain what you're doing
1: okay so if they, in the meeting, say they want to, yeah, I think I'm going to move forward. What happens next? What do you...
0: Well, the next thing you have to do is identify every, everything else that's going to be taken in here. If there's, other going to be collaborative team members or somebody else. Okay. Because what you don't want to do is you don't want to say, I can get you this desired outcome and my fee is going to be X and then they find out there's gonna have to be an attorney or an appraiser or this or that and they're all gonna charge something because once you say my fee is X they grab onto that like a pit bull with lockjaw right I mean they that's a number that they are not gonna forget right and so you gotta make it really clear what X covers okay Uh, and you know even if that number is way lower than whatever they identified for the values to them that doesn't matter anymore once they have a number Okay. so you have gotta identify okay I'm gonna do this part But we're going to need these other players. Don't have to know the names or anything, but just you know, like the categories or the roles. The roles, okay. That they're going to play, so that they have a a big picture of what's going to happen, and they know this is the box that you're doing, and that's going to be this, but there's going to be others.
1: And they could have additional fees.
0: Right, and they can have additional fees.
1: Achieve that full desired outcome.
0: And may take more time because you're going to to talk to more people. Okay. Because remember, it's time and money are the two things. yeah. Yeah. And and really, for the more affluent people, the time is the bigger issue than the money. Okay. Uh, you know, writing a check for a lot of them is pretty easy, mm-hmm. but they are busy, mm-hmm. uh, and they you know. So the time is a is a big deal for them.
1: Okay. So once you identify the, that collaborative team, the roles at least, um, and the client says, "Yep, we're moving forward." What's the next step?
0: Next step is expectations. Okay. Um, and that's a whole another seven-step process that we don't have time to deal with today but um, that's it In fact, that's a day-long program but one of the definitions of disappointment is disappointment is the difference between your expectations and your experience so if you have one expectation and you get a different experience you you're disappointed which means that you can do a phenomenal job and still disappoint a client if they have an expectation that either you don't know about or that's you don't know about it is unrealistic Okay. So one of the things, and this is true for the client and for the collaborative team members. So one of the things you need to do right away is once you say, okay, we're, we're in, before we sign anything, you know, for me anyway, we're in, okay, but now, if we are in, what can we expect from each other? And so it's really, you know, what can you reasonably expect from me? Mm-hmm. What can I reasonably expect from you? Mm-hmm. And what are we gonna do when one of us blows it? Because if this is a long-term relationship, somebody's gonna blow it right? mm-hmm. okay so mm-hmm. when, what do we do if somebody's gonna blow it that is a huge part of maintaining a long-term relationship because memories fade and so people are something's going to come up that you didn't even think about or talk about or anything else and the client's gonna think well that was your responsibility and you know it wasn't you didn't talk about that mm-hmm. so when we do the expectations conversation I will Write it all up, and I'll send it to the client. This isn't like a contract I have to sign or anything like that. But I'll send it to them in email, saying, "This is what I had. Did I miss anything?" And so we have it in writing. Okay. So that two or three years later, when something comes up, Mm -hmm. and they say, "Weren't you going to take care of that?" It's like, do you see it there? I don't see it there." (laughs) And and then it's like, okay, you know, but it takes away disappointing somebody for an expectation that you don't know about. Okay. Um, And it happens all the time. Yeah. Uh, So. Having that expectation and the same thing now when you bring collaborative team members in okay. now it's interesting for most clients when you have the expectations conversation and you say you know what can you reason expect from me they're all over that mm-hmm. I mean they're they can tell you that when you say what can I reasonably expect from you not a lot of people have said that to them right. uh, now there's some professionals that will have a list of this is what I expect from you that's not an expectations conversation. That's your desired outcome. That's a your wish. Agreement. That's right. That's your wish list. But right. that doesn't mean they're going to agree to it. You know, right. that's that's cool. But whatever. You know, um, so you have to have the conversation. And particularly, this is a differentiator for the large estates because they're not used to having an advisor say, "What can I expect from you?" You know, other than that, you're going to get a check and it's going to not going to bounce, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, for me, this alignment conversation. Remember, I started with to determine for each of us to determine whether working together, it goes both ways. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm deciding whether I'm going to work with them as well as them deciding whether they're going to work with me.
1: Okay,
0: and um, I it has to be that way because what we do with heritage work it it's highly labor intensive. I mean, Mm -hmm. you're going to spend time with this person, and if you don't like them, you know, life's too short or or life's too long, (laughs) you know, however you want to phrase that, uh, to do that, and so. It, you know, it's just it's a a vital part of the long term. Okay. Uh, so,
1: so a key element to creating and ensuring successful engagements is expectations.
0: And you know, and that then keeps going because what we do is we work with multi generational you know engagements. So those are long. Okay. Now, just because I have a great expectations conversation with mom and dad, doesn't mean the kids feel bound by that. <laughs> so as you you know. As the engagement it has more people in it, mm-hmm. and even if you have an expectations conversation with mom or dad, mm-hmm. and then the other spouse comes in, you got to have that again with the couple, it because continues. and it continues. This isn't a okay. one 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 and done thing. Okay. And then every player that comes in, whether it's a collaborative team member or family member or somebody gets married or you know, whatever, you continue that because every one of those is an opportunity for there to be disappointment because their expectations are not met. Right.
1: Okay. So let's kind of recap. The alignment conversation or the enrolling conversation is about identifying the desired outcomes, understanding where they think they're at, identifying the gaps, and then the value and priority for them to fill those gaps and identify which of the desired outcomes are priorities, Mm -hmm. then making a decision. So we're able to share with them the solutions that will offer And help them get to their desired outcomes. They get to decide, does it make sense? Is it right for me? Then figuring out the collaborative team, um, what roles are going to be needed, and then having that expectations conversation with the client, couple, and the collaborative team members. Alright, so that is kind of a great structure Mm -hmm. and kind of in theory at the moment. um, Let's do a demonstration to help those that need to see it. Happen. Okay. <laughs> Are you up for that? Yeah,
0: yeah. Should we start with what's our expectations for doing this? Right. <laughs> uh, uh, Oops, too late. I to <laughs> <mention that? laughs> too late. Um, sure. I mean, I think that's uh, and and as you do this, think about the alignment conversation. I want to make sure that we don't um, overstep what it is and what it isn't. Uh, This thing is a a conversation that I use, whether the conversation is about what are we gonna do in the next 30 minute conversation, or with heritage work, what do you want for four generations from now? I mean, you know, Mm -hmm. and so it can be a big big picture item and a big question at the beginning, or a little one. So, um, so yeah.
1: And what I found in my training is that you can use it not only with, you know, your clients, but you can use it with employees, you can use it with your spouse, with your children, it's kind of a universal. Yeah,
0: it, it really is. And in fact, one of the guys that that uh, uh, that we worked with, Jack, he worked with one family or one uh, business. It was a business owner, and he did the alignment conversations with all of his employees, and they found out that the, there was the boss, and there were eight employees. Um, eight of those nine people were in the wrong job.
1: <laughs> they weren't. Desired work, their, huh? Including the boss. Okay. okay, so
0: he was doing things that he thought he should do because you know and he'd always done it from when they first started. Mm-hmm. And by identifying, you know, they had the right people on the bus; they just had them in the wrong seats. Okay. Uh, by identifying the productivity and just the happiness, I mean the you know right. of the of the firm grew exponentially. Uh, everybody loved working together. Mm-hmm. They just didn't necessarily love what they were doing and and, or there wasn't you know where they really should be and that was a real eye-opener for me Mm -hmm. because it's not just family and particularly when the boss was in the wrong role Mm -hmm. you know because that's the role he had I mean you you build it up from whatever Um, and so these are not like you said one and done these Mm -hmm. are conversations that you're gonna have periodically with a long-term client Okay. I want to thank Lori first for for doing this interview with me uh, so that we can get this out in that format because it was really helpful having somebody ask me the questions rather than me just trying to preach this out as to what it was. So hopefully that was helpful for you. And if you want more information, there's a lot of information on our website and things about the alignment conversation or about the Better Listening, Better Questions, Better Relationship Academy, which is actually how you learn the alignment conversation and practice it with other professionals. Hope this was helpful to you and I hope you listen to some podcasts in the future. Thank you.